Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into All right, everybody in listener land and watcher, if you're seeing this on the YouTube channel, uh, today's a very special episode. We have Omar Zenholm here. And Omar is the host of the $100 MBA podcast. Now, this isn't just another ordinary business podcast. Omar has done the unthinkable, the thing that all of you are striving to do with your own podcast, whether you're striving at it or you're a veteran. He has had over 230 million podcast downloads and over 2,000 episodes. That just goes to show you, if you stick with it long enough, good things will happen. The $100 MBA show is ranked as a top business podcast in over 30 countries. But wait, there's more. Omar is also the co-founder and CEO of Webinar Ninja. Founded in 2014, it has over 2 million people who have attended webinar, webinars on Webinar Ninja. And it was named one of the fastest growing SaaS companies in 2018. So I'm excited about today's conversation because... Omar has built multiple businesses. He's built a successful podcast. He's built a SaaS software company. He coaches creators and entrepreneurs like all of you all over the world. So not only is he building his own thing, but he's also supporting like you to build your own thing. And what I'm hoping this conversation can lend a hand to is some of the things that he's noticing creators learn as they develop their businesses, as they grow their empires of coaching and offering their gifts to the world. So Omar, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here on the Making Magic podcast. Uh, I'm happy to be here, Bradley. Um, love uh, having this conversation and hopefully I can add some value uh, to your audience. I guarantee you will add some value and some inspiration to my audience. And so what I would love to start with just you know, I'm mostly going to ask questions from my own curiosity. This is this is mm -hmm. kind of the the me getting to host it is. So your podcast, I mean, the, it's amazing what you've done. I found out about you years ago and listened to your podcast back in the the day, and it's amazing how much you've grown it. And I would just love to ask, what would you say your secret to success has been attributed to with that podcast and the numbers that you've managed to get with the, the listenership? That's a tough one because I would say it's a combination of a few things. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know about podcasting and myself is that the $100 MBA show was not my first podcast. Like I had a lot of failures and no one talks about these things because we only see the headlines, you only see the successes. But uh, prior to the $100 MBA show, I had an interview podcast. Uh, I tried my best. I had all these great guests. I, had, you know, I somehow got Gary to come to Gary Vaynerchuk to come on my show. I had all these amazing entrepreneurs. Uh, but I'm not really great at interviewing. <laughs> um, but my background, my former life for 13 years, I was a school teacher. I was a high school and university teacher. I was an educator. I have a master's in education. Um, that was my job, you know. And um, as a teacher, your job is to make sure you can be able to teach a concept to people that have no idea what this thing is. Uh, to proficiency so they can pass the exam. Otherwise, your job is in jeopardy, right? Otherwise, you're not going to look great as a teacher. So my, uh, I, I learned over the years that my kind of superpower is teaching. Uh, but when I failed at that first podcast, you know, it, it just wasn't getting the traction I was looking for. Uh, my business partner and wife, Nicole, 
we we were on a road trip from San Diego to, to New York, um, and we were doing actually a gig. Nicole is a New York Film Academy graduate, and she was just doing a film gig over there. And we had the open road. We had some time, so we just drove across the country and wanted to see things. But when you're on a road trip like that, uh, you're kind of forced to talk about hard things. You know, there's there's not a lot of distractions. You're driving, you're looking in front of the road, you know, you're kind of like hashing out some of the things that are bothering you. And one of the things that are bothering us is like, why is this podcast, which was called People Who Know Their Shit, uh, excuse the French, but unfortunately the podcast was shit, but it was a great title. <laughs> but we were wondering, why is this podcast not doing well, you know? And I probably did something that most podcasters don't do. And it was probably just out of, out of just frustration. And what I did is I looked at the top business podcasts in iTunes and in, in, in Apple Podcasts. And I said, you know, let's look at these podcasts. Okay. I looked at like Tim Ferriss, right? The guy's got like five New York Times bestsellers. Okay. How am I going to compete with that? Right. I got like Jordan Harbinger, who at the time his podcast was The Art of Charm. Now it's the Jordan Harbinger show. Um, you know, I've been podcasting before the iPhone. You know, I have uh, John Lee Dumas, the guy's, you know, daily business podcast, totally on fire constantly, just breaking all these kinds of records, right? You had Pat Flynn, who's an adorable character, but loves him. He's got a huge following, right? I had to get real. I was like, how am I going to compete with these people, right? How am I going to compete with these other blockbuster podcasts that are just killing it in so many areas, and the only answer I can come up with is I have to do something that is uniquely valuable. And I looked at everybody and said, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're probably got bigger brands or best-selling books or bigger followings or email lists. But the one thing I have over them is that I probably am a better teacher than all of them because I have a master's in education, I have multiple certificates in training and assessment. I've taught for 13 years. My life, my livelihood depended on teaching. So I probably can teach the pants off all these guys. So I should be teaching on the podcast. Why am I uh, doing interviews? <laughs> so it's kind of an epiphany moment where I realized, okay, I got to focus on my strengths. The other thing is, is that uh, Nicole and I are big listeners of podcasts and Nicole's a big lover of uh, languages. And uh, one of the podcasts she used to love is, uh, and she still loves it, is Coffee Break French and Coffee Break Spanish. And basically they're like language lessons daily language lessons every single day. So you can learn a little bit of French or Spanish or any language every day. And we thought no one's really doing this in business. No one's actually giving people uh, small bite-sized lessons so that they can make 1% uh, improvements in their business every day. Uh, it's more of uh, either um, an in-depth conversation like this, which is great and valuable, uh, or banter, or maybe a documentary kind of style thing. But no one was really like teaching lessons. And I thought, okay, I should maybe do this with business. Um, so in that moment, when we made that decision on the road trip, it was kind of like, okay, we got to take this seriously. And that meant like us saying no to a lot of things, saying no to client work, saying no to projects that we want to do in our business. And we put our heads down for two months straight, took no days off, and we just recorded the podcast. And we kind of recorded the first six weeks or so, because it's a daily show. It's five days a week. And we wanted to make sure that the show was incredible. So I would say what, the first kind of part of the secret is getting real about your competition. Mm -hmm. Number two is differentiating yourself with your unique value and your unique experiences. You know, I could have said to myself, I'm just a boring teacher. You know, like, what do I have to offer? But I realized that's a, something I can, that's something I can use, that experience I can use it somehow in my podcast. And the third thing is, is that 
Uh, I just really was not thinking about monetizing the show. I wasn't thinking about uh, winning awards. I wasn't thinking about getting into Forbes. All I was thinking about is making the show killer. Like I wanted the show to be unbelievable value, value to the listener. I wanted them to be like, give me another episode, give me another episode. I want them to binge on episodes. So we really focused on the content. I remember we were recording the first episode maybe a dozen times. I wasn't satisfied with the way it was sounding and things like that. And I still, if I listen to the first 300 episodes, I still cringe. You know, it's but you have to start somewhere. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have cringe-worthy work in your rear view. So I would say the combination of those three of just like focusing on the quality and keep your heads down and just say, Am I actually creating something that I would love to listen to, not yeah. just because it's my voice, but something that I'd be like, this is incredible. Give me the next episode. Think about the shows you watch or the movies you watch. What are the things that really um, leave a mark after consuming them? Yes. I'm so glad you just like nailed it right there. You tied that up nicely with the creating something that you wanted to listen to. That was a huge epiphany for me on my entrepreneurial journey. One of the things that I always say is that if you want to be paid like a professional, then create stuff that's professional. And it was back in 2015. And this was this was one of those moments in my life that forever changed me, my approach to art, my approach to business. And it was, uh, I was building this, I, I had a course at the time called the e-course creation blueprint. And it was a course on building courses, just like all the other courses out there. It was PowerPoints, it was slides, it was some PDFs. And my buddy who was doing all the tech and the design work for me, we're standing up on a, mo- on a mountain. We may or may not have just smoked a joint. And I sat there and asked him, I was like, listen, man, did you, if you were you three years ago and you found our course, would you have purchased it? And the answer was a hard no. And I was like, me neither. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we building something we wouldn't even buy with our own money, you know, living on smaller incomes and and just like we wouldn't have spent a thousand dollars and so we sat down and we literally stayed up for the next 24 hours mapping out what would we have purchased and we came up with this concept called the grady course adventure which became our flagship course where you know we the teachers became characters in a story we shot everything on green screen and instead of just lessons it was a journey up the mountain to launch summit And it was like Saturday Night Live meets Indiana Jones. We spent nine months from that day to the day the whole course was fully produced. We released it in in modules every two weeks after three months of intense writing and producing. But we created something that was a work of art that we felt completely proud of. And that was what like really lit up the entrepreneurial journey for me and started to build success upon success upon success with all of the things that I've built since then. So I love that you wanted to create something that was great. You didn't focus on the numbers, the conversions, how you were monetized. It was you wanted to create something that was awesome, that was valuable, and that you would love to listen to yourself. So that's just a great check-in in this moment for the people listening to this is what you're creating, is what you're selling. Is it something that you would actually buy if, say, the you three years ago needed it? or or stumbled across it? Is this something that you would do? And if the answer is no, then that's a great reality check, like the one you had on your road trip with your wife. And then what could you do to make it something that you would be in love with? Because if you're not in love with it, it's going to be really hard to find natural, meaningful ways for you to market and share that with your audience and with the world. Okay, so you built it. You got six weeks in. At what point of launching that new podcast did you start to feel the momentum as this, as if this thing took on its own life and all of a sudden it was growing and you weren't the one growing it? 
It's an interesting question because um, I was really uh, obsessed with just making it the best show possible. Uh, yes, I was looking at the numbers from here to there, but I'll share a little story. Um, before we launched the podcast, um, we moved to San Diego and uh, close neighbors of ours were uh, John and Kate from Entrepreneurs on Fire. So they became close friends of ours. And we used to go to like the events they would speak at and things like that. And one of the things that John Lee Dumas would say a lot in his speeches in his intro or he would share is that he won best of iTunes. He would say like, uh, I won best of anyone in 2013, which is incredible uh, a year after he launched his podcast. And it just sounded really nice. It just sounded like he was credible. It just sounded that he made it because Apple recognized him as one of the best dozen podcasts of the year, which is really hard to do. Um, and Nicole, my partner and wife, she would lean over and be like, don't worry, we're going to win that award. And I was just like, what are you talking about? We don't have control over that. Like, <laughs> like this is like, you know, the people at Apple select them and like, you know, it's just a really hard goal to shoot for because you don't really have much control over the outcome. But she kept on saying it to me and I was like, okay, whatever, if you say so. Um, so we launched in August of 2014, the $100 MBA show, and we just really focused on making an amazing show, heads down. And I saw, you know, you know, the first the first eight weeks at the time, Apple had this thing called New and Noteworthy, where you would have the chance to get exposure on their homepage of the category like business. And we were number one in New and Noteworthy for eight weeks straight. And it was like amazing because we're getting all this exposure and people are loving the show and we're getting all this momentum. Uh, but I know from other podcasts that after that eight weeks, when you don't have that exposure, you kind of fall off a cliff sometimes and you kind of never recover. Mm. So I was like, this is great, but it's really like um, inflated growth. It's really like artificial right now. So we waited after eight weeks and we took a small dip, but we started to grow uh, regardless. Cause again, we were focusing on the content, you know, you know, think about it. We're about two, three months in, this is about maybe a hundred or so episodes. Again, I'm not interested in entertaining any emails or anything about sponsorship. Um, we're making around five to 10,000 downloads, uh, an episode, which is very hard to do in podcasting. Uh, you're like in the top, you know, 3% of all podcasts, if you're hitting those numbers. So, uh, continue to just focus on the on the content. Um, and then it was around the week before Christmas. Um, uh, we were visiting Nicole's family in Sydney. And uh, I woke up in the morning and noticed my phone is just like blowing up with all these mentions and tweets. And I was like, uh, Alex Bloomberg from, from Gimlet Media, from Startup, was adding at me and said, hey, congrats, Omar, for blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't even know Alex. I, don't, I never met him. We never had any correspondence, nothing. Like, why is Alex tweeting at me? This guy's like a big, big time podcaster. I'm, I'm a nobody. Right. <laughs> and I realized in that moment, uh, we won best of iTunes in 2014. And it was wow. just like, and I just turn over to my side. I tell Nicole like, Hey, guess what we won? And she was like, I told you, <laughs> she was like, I told you we're going to win it. And I was like, I, I guess you did. I don't know. You're like the prophets here. But the point <laughs> is, is that it was, it was in that moment that I realized, okay. Um, this is resonating with people. It's resonating enough with, uh, you know, the the podcasting world. Uh, I reached out to Apple and asked them, you know, thanks so much for giving us this award. Uh, but I'd love to know why. You know, I'm one of those people that like to, you know, figure out what works so I could do it over and over. And they basically just said you added something new to the genre of business podcasting. We never kind of saw these short lessons and kind of a, a teaching format. 
before, which again was me using my strengths. Um, and uh, we thought, you know, of course they review all your reviews, they review all your listens, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was a great honor for us to do that. And that kind of gave us sort of um, a boost uh, in terms of confidence, but also a boost in terms of uh, promotion and all that kind of stuff on, on Apple. And uh, from there, we started growing from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40. And today we have like over 125,000 daily downloads on a on an episode, um, which uh, again, uh, every time I get step up on the mic, I know that I have to earn every single one of those listens. I have yeah. to earn every new person. I know that somebody could just stumble on my podcast today and make a decision and judge if this is worth a subscribe, if this is worth a follow, or if it's not. So I, I, it's not like, okay, I've arrived. I, I have to keep on going. I got to keep on improving. And the, the caliber of shows keep getting better and better. So we're trying our best to keep uh, improving the show. That's so inspiring. And for somebody who's early days, um, just starting a podcast or, you know, they're a year or two years in and they're not seeing that traction you're talking about of getting into that top 3% mm -hmm. of listenership, um, what advice would you have for them to make it better or to, mm. to like level it up in the ways that you learn to do over time? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but I'm also going to also just get real. A big portion of the growth is I was doing a lot of marketing and I'll share what I mean by marketing in a moment. But, uh, in terms of getting better, uh, a lot of people don't know this but because they just see the finished product. But as soon as I started getting into podcasting, I was fully aware that now I'm part of the media and I need to be trained. I can't just pretend that all of a sudden, just because I'm a teacher and I taught in front of class, I know how to perform. And that's what a podcast is. It's a, it's, it's a, it's education, but it's also a performance. It's, it's entertainment. Uh, so I took a lot of, uh, I got a coach, I got a public speaking coach, I got voice lessons. I learned how to use my breath on the mic so I'm not like breathing like Darth Vader on the mic so I can time my breaths. Uh, I learned how to enunciate. I'm a New Yorker, so this is not how I grew up, right? So I had to learn how to enunciate and slow down and know how to pause for effect and and also not rush my answers when I'm on an interview like this or on stage on a panel to really give it some thought so that I'm giving the best answer possible. So I invested a lot of money and time in, in getting some help and realizing I'm not where I need to be you know, a lot of the people that come into podcasting have a lot of broadcast history, especially people in the sports genre, people that are entertainment. You know, one of the most popular podcasts are like Conan O'Brien's podcast and, you know, Stephen Colbert's because they have so much training and they their whole life is acting and improv and, you know, and writing great scripts. And so they have such a leg up on me. I was like, I need to do something to try to at least, you know, hang with these podcasters. So I invested a bit into that. And I, I encourage people to do that because communication is the mother of all skills. It's going to make you a better teacher. It's going to make you a better salesperson. It's going to make you a better person. Just talking to somebody, meeting somebody at a conference over dinner, uh, you're going to make be more interesting as a person just because you know how to articulate your ideas better. So I, I would say that. Um, now, when it comes to the marketing side of things, uh, you, you can't create something great and not share it with others. You have to be willing to put it out there. Now, mind you, when we launched the $100 MBA show back in 2014, we weren't 
financially like rolling in the dough, right? We're, we were not doing that well. Like we were just making ends meet. Uh, but I was willing to do things and put myself out there, legal stuff, moral stuff uh, that people are not. I'll share a story that people can't believe this because they you know, think we have such a big podcast. I can't believe you did that. Right. So at the time we're living in San Diego, uh, we lived by the beach, very close to the beach, like walking distance to the beach. And we had a whiteboard in our office. I took the whiteboard off the wall. I wrote on the whiteboard um, free cold drinks for iTunes love. And we, I told Nicole, let's get in the car. Let's, we went to the supermarket, Ralph's down the street. We got a bag of ice. We popped it into the, the cooler that was like a wheelie thing. And we filled it with like, like just sodas and lemonades and root beers and things like that. And we went to the beach. And I just like, I have no approval. I have no, you know, permits, nothing. I just sat at the boardwalk, had my sign up. And people was like, what is this free cold drinks? What is this all about? I was like, well, I just launched a podcast. Are you interested in starting a business one day? And they're like, oh, yeah, why not? What is it about? Like, and I'll just tell them, take out your phone. Let me show you what it is. And, and I show, some of them even never heard of what podcasting is. It's 2014. I had to show them what podcasting is, open this app. And, you know, this is how you subscribe. And I say, OK, just listen. You know, when you have a chance, listen to this episode. If you love it, give us a review. Uh, and they're like, OK, cool. And I was like, choose any drink you want. And they just took a drink and they would open the drink and I would have a conversation with them and talk about like, Hey, you know, um, what, what kind of business do you want to start and just get to know my audience. These are the people that I'm serving and I get, it's like free R and D. Um, you know, and I had like yeah. cases of drink and we would fill up the cooler and like four or five hours later, you know, I would do that like on the weekend, just, just to get used to talking about my podcast and getting new listeners. I'd go to conferences. I would just like, uh, I I had T-shirts. That's all I wore was my T-shirts for the Hundred NBA show. When I went to the gym, when I went to grocery shopping, you know, strike conversations with people with that. You know, I know it's like kind of small chicken feed kind of little uh, increments, but it matters, and it, it also does. matters because you're building an identity. You're understanding that this this is important to me, and I need to be comfortable talking about it. Uh, and that's why I force myself to do it. That's so great. I mean, so many people approach their business with the field of dreams. If we build it out, they will come. And it's just so not the way. I love that you did that, that just like go down to the beach and have conversation with people. And that that's beautiful. I mean, we don't see that as much in the world today. People having real conversations and real connections and like just going to meeting strangers. That's that's how it works. And it's yeah. so much more personal. People probably walked away from those that did follow your podcast and they probably had instant trust because you're a real person. Yeah. I mean, okay. people were just like blown away by like, this drink is free. It's like, yeah, it was like 50 cents or something or 25 <laughs> cents in bulk, you know, yeah. but it was like, happy to give it to you. Yeah. So, okay. So let's pivot from podcasting for a minute. You, I mean, every entrepreneur, there's, there's moments where we make insane decisions you've got the podcast is going nice and smooth and they're like ah oh, let's just add some complexity to our life let's start a SaaS software company let's build webinar ninja yeah. what what was the moment of decision for you where you're like we're gonna go and we're gonna start this thing so the way it worked out is i actually launched webinar ninja almost the same exact time as the podcast because I was at a stage in my entrepreneurial career where I was just trying a whole bunch of things and seeing, you know, what is going to resonate with me, my audience, what's going to work out. I actually launched Webinar Ninja in April. Uh, we we beta launched it, and then we launched the podcast in August. So actually, the Webinar Ninja came first, sort of, and we we then started building out Webinar Ninja throughout the years. Um, SaaS is a tough business to run. Software is very very challenging. 
um, just to, to illustrate that, uh, when I started Webinar Ninja, I had long, curly, dark hair, okay? <laughs> and I'm a, I'm in my early 40s. Like, this is pretty gray for somebody this age. And I 100% I believe it's attributed to the amount of uh, pressure and stress I have been under rowing a software company. Um, the, the reason why I say that is because it's one of those businesses where y- you just can't make it happen alone. Even if you're an engineer, even if you know your 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 stuff when it comes to coding, it's reliant on many players in the game. It's very much a team sport, and you're only as strong as your weakest player on the team. And you got to get a lot of things right to have any kind of traction. Uh, you have to have great product market fit. You have to have a great audience. You got to know how to market. You got to know how to build a product that lasts, that is sticky, that people don't cancel easily. There's a lot of you know churn. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you need to get right to make even a dent or even have a chance to compete in a software or a SaaS business. So I got to say, like, it's it's definitely something that when somebody comes to me and asks me, like, hey, should I do this? And I'm like, think twice and thrice, because it's it's not a lifestyle business. It's not. It's one of those businesses where, I mean, there are some people that run software businesses that are sort of lifestyle, but there's a lot better other kinds of businesses you could do uh, that will fit a, a comfortable lifestyle. So I would say um, it's definitely one of those businesses where you're building an asset and uh, you're growing that asset, you're improving that asset. And maybe one day you'll look to exit or look to hand it over to somebody to take it to the next level. Uh, it's not one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm just going to build this thing to have a great you know, Bali lifestyle. It demands too much of you. It just yeah. demands too much of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've built a lot of things right now with Magic Kids. Uh, you know, we're working on the Magic Kids app, which is my first first adventure in, into that realm, which is different than what you're doing. But it's it, I'm learning a lot. And I, I'm sure, you know, looking back in a couple of years, here's my hairline <laughs> right now. We'll see where it's at and how white this beard gets. But I mean, one of the neat things about what you're doing with Webinar Ninja that I think could be helpful is your insight into the world of online educators and Mm -hmm. creators. And since you've been in that game, working with so many people through the lens of Webinar Ninja and the $100 MBA, I'm just curious, like for yourself, um, over the last, let's just say, year to two years, what trends are you noticing around what is working with creators What's no longer working anymore that maybe used to work? I'm just really curious about what you're yeah. observing. Um, so uh, that's a great observation, uh, and and I love the the quote by Steve Jobs. Just says, you know, if you're going to build a company, you need to be passionate about that what you're building because it's going to be too hard otherwise. You have to enjoy some. And I'm a big passionate person when it comes to education. It's been what I've been doing since I've been 20. You know, learning about pedagogy, learning about how people comprehend and learn, um, you know, just the joy of being able to see that light bulb moment um, has been part of my life, all my adult life. So uh, I, I love the fact that I was able to build a software company around that idea. Uh, and one of the trends that we've been seeing from a lot of our users, and and because we saw this trend about a couple years ago, we uh, built out a sister product called Course Ninja, which is live courses. So um, one of the alarming facts about recorded courses is that the completion rates are quite low under 5%. I mean, which is quite um, crazy. (laughs) It's quite crazy, but also uh, demotivating because 
at the end of the day, the reason why you want to create any kind of course or workshop or anything is so that you can deliver an outcome to that student. And if they're not completing the content, they're not going to get the outcome. And you need that outcome to one, prove to yourself that you actually have something valuable. And then two, uh, you can get testimonials and get case studies that you can use to sell the product or service. And, you know, in today's day and age, you just don't need two or three testimonies, you need like 30 or something like this for to people to feel like it's convincing. You know, you know, going on Amazon, people don't buy things that are less than a thousand reviews these days. Like, oh, it's only got 15 reviews. Forget that. So um, it's really important for you to get an outcome. And it's hard for you to get an outcome if people don't complete the, the content. So um, in the last couple of years, we've been following a lot of our users and trying to figure out what's been working for them. And a lot of them were actually using live webinars as a way to deliver live courses. They're kind of like Frankensteining it. And we said, but how do you actually deliver the content later on? They're like, well, I'm actually doing this with my membership area and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, we can actually build this for you. So we, we built a whole uh, other uh, sister product called Course Ninja, which basically allows people to run live webinars, I'm sorry, run live courses, where let's say you run a course for three weeks and you just jump on a live video. Uh, everybody has their own membership portal, so they don't have to like search for links. They know exactly where to go to attend the live session. And then once the session's over, it gets recorded and saved automatically in the membership area, so they don't have to like download and then upload and all that stuff. It's right there for the members as well as for the host. Uh, and it just, we built a, an interface that's just conducive to teaching and to learning. So uh, things like handouts, things like polls, things like uh, being able to change your layout so that you can put your slides aside or share your screen. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more um, uh, flexible for the teaching environment. And I built it because what I would want as a teacher and what I used to use back in the day in the classroom in terms of like organizing visuals. So, uh, this has been an incredible trend because we went into beta in the last six months and we've seen so many success stories where people are just like loving this for several reasons. The number the number one reason why they love the live courses is because they're able to promise a bigger outcome, meaning because they're coaching them every day or every week on these live courses, they know they can deliver something bigger. They can make a bigger promise. They could say, hey, I could teach you how to play Candle in the Wind by Elton John on the piano in, in this course. Okay, I can't really guarantee that or actually promise that if it's a recorded course. But with live course, I can actually be in front of them and, and coach them and, and tweak things. So they're able to promise bigger outcomes. And therefore, they're able to charge more because yeah. the outcome is bigger. Uh, people perceive it as a hybrid of course and coaching. And uh, like, say, for example, I, you know, we just ran a course that was 5000 thousand dollars over uh two months um that's pretty inexpensive for coaching compared to having to sign up for twenty thousand dollars a year for a coaching program so uh, it's a nice sweet spot where people feel like it's a good uh, exchange of value um the other reason why it's been a huge trend is just because uh people like the idea of just having to jump on camera and not having to do all this pre-production of recording and editing and animation and all making it look polished because you want to make it look good if it's a recorded course because that's where the standard is. Yeah. But with a live course, you just need to have great slides. You present live uh, and then it gets recorded and people can watch a recording and people sell the recordings, by the way. <laughs> Some of our members, they just sell the recordings once they've done it live. They just convert the live course into a recorded course. And then 
um, they can run the course again and iterate and improve very quickly without having to go back and edit files and all that kind of stuff. So it's been an interesting trend. And uh, we've been really uh, fortunate to be able to be close to the members who have been getting some uh, having some really good success with it and uh, learning from them. Amazing. So for people that are doing the the online courses, teaching classes, I mean, majority of people in our creators clubs, they're, they're all figuring out like, what's their flagship webinar? What is their flagship offering, whether it's a membership or it's teaching like a four week live series? Um, what would you say to people that are trying to figure out what their shtick is, like what it, the best way mm. to go? Would you say like the hybrid approach, the live live lessons like you're talking about here? I would recommend that they sell a two hour workshop. Uh, this is what we tell our students is that just to get your feet wet of teaching live and selling something live and also to validate the topic, instead yeah. of you doing a full fledged two month course, you can easily just, you know, we, we just ran one called when the year, which was about planning your year and your goals. And it was just two hours. And we, uh, we, you know, we charged a minimum amount, like $19. My, the point of us is just, I want them to pay for something, attend, get a result so I can just run through that cycle. So yeah. just run a workshop, charge for it. Um, and then you can know, okay, there's demand. People are willing to pay money for this topic. Let me then go into depth and really go into it. So if I was going to teach a full-fledged podcasting course before me, before launching this course, I would just say, um, let's talk about editing your podcast. Just one workshop. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I've got, uh, coming up here, uh, a six month training for meditation teachers called the business meditation. Mm -hmm. Each month is like a deep dive into a really specific topic around live and online teaching, um, producing your library, building your meditation brand, uh, licensing and marketing your, your offerings. And, and it's, I'm really excited for that. This is my first time doing, uh, at least in years and years of doing like a, a six month, very specific journey with a very specific group of people. Um, and I can't wait. It's going to be very, very fun to get into that flow of, of teaching these monthly deep dives. Um, and for those two hour workshops, you, you mentioned $19. Is there kind of like a, a price range scale that you see being done inside of your community? Uh, so it all depends on the outcome. Yeah, yeah. we've seen people that oh. charge a hundred, who has charged two hundred. Um, you know, if if they're, you know, I always say brevity is the value. So like, if I can learn something in less time, it's better for me. Like, if somebody told me you're gonna learn how to ski in two hours versus six days, yeah, no, I, I, two hours is awesome. I'll pay more for that. You know, so uh, as long as the value it matches the price, you're you're good to go. And that's how we buy anything, by the way. Like we, when I go and buy, uh, you know, a pair of shoes, if I feel like those shoes, not in terms of the quality, but the way they're going to make me feel and the, you know, how am I going to look on my vacation photos? Then yeah, that I'm going to buy those shoes. So it's the same thing with 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 courses. I love it. So uh, I know we've sensitive time. We try and keep these to about forty minutes. Uh, we've covered a bunch. The podcasting the SaaS platform, the gray hairs, uh, course design and, and live teaching. Uh, is there any final words of wisdom, any lessons that uh, you're, you've currently or recently gone through that have been hard yeah. that you would love to save some pain for people out there that you would love to share today? Yeah, uh, I, I'm happy to share this. Um, and I'm just going to preface this as maybe this is a bit of tough love and maybe be hard for some people to swallow. Uh, 
And I, I would recommend just examining your life and the business you're building and ask yourself, is this something I enjoy doing every day? Am I building something for, for today or am I building for something tomorrow? A lot of us, we are trained from a young age to I'm doing this now so that I can have this in the future, right? It's almost like a mirage. Like when you're uh, in nursery school as a child, they say, we're preparing you for kindergarten, right? And in kindergarten, they say, we're preparing you for first grade and then so on. And in high school, we're preparing you for college. In college, we're preparing you for you know the workplace, right? You're never actually living in the moment. You're never actually building or enjoying or doing things that you want to do now. You're always doing something, sacrificing so that you can get something in the future. And then the the goalpost moves and then you change that changes. So be mindful of that because a lot of us, we build things like, okay, I'm just doing this right now because, you know, in, in next year I'll be able to reap the benefits. And, uh, you know, when I get that, then I'm going to be able to enjoy my life or then I'm going to enjoy my business. Uh, when I have employees, I'll enjoy my business. All that kind of stuff. We tell ourselves these stories. So um, one of the things I learned early on uh, and I'm reminded of, because uh, we all make mistakes all the time, is you got to be happy with what you're doing and enjoy what you're doing, regardless of the state of the business. Even if it's making zero dollars, I know that's painful to hear, but even if it's making zero dollars, if you enjoy what you're doing and you actually uh, get satisfaction and you can't help but do it, like you just like, it's like writers love to write or, you know, actors love to act or whatever it is, like they, they just have to do it. If that's something that you, you're doing, you're, you're going to be fine and the revenue will come. And I found in my experience that when you chase the money, it, it eludes you. You have to just go after what you love doing and where you can add value to the marketplace. And um, that will take care of itself. That's uh, beautiful, beautiful wisdom right there. I mean, entrepreneurship is a, it is a spiritual adventure that we sign up for. I mean, there's, I don't know if there's a greater path to self-transformation uh, then, then yeah. designing a business that aligns with your values, your lifestyle, your passions, your gifts. If you can do that, you know, you're on for you're you're on a transformational ride. Um, that's been, that's been my 18, 19 years of, of adventuring. It sounds like it's been the case for you as well. And yeah. it's awesome that you've managed to get to where you are and that you're still loving it. Yep. It's the ultimate personal development program. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It does all, it checks all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Omar, thank you so much for taking some time for lending inspiration for these stories. Uh, I'm really grateful for everybody. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. I'm going to be posting some uh, videos that give you a walkthrough of Webinar Ninja uh, so that you can see it in action. Cause I was, um, I was one of the people that originally bought it and it's amazing what you guys have have done over the years. Like it's, it's a really fantastic service, especially for all you people out there that don't love tech and you're not into zoom. You're, you're going to love what Omar and his team have done for you. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to take the snippet and share it with my team because they work so hard. And um, you know, we, we built it so that it, it is exactly that, that the technology fades in the background. You could just focus on your content. That's right. That's, that's what it's all about, man. Don't overcomplicate it folks. Uh, Omar, thank you so much. Everybody out there. Have yourself a beautiful, creative day. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic Podcast with your host, Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, 
Then head on over to magicmedia.com, that's M-A-J-I-K, media.com, and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.